You are listening to the Fantasy Joes Podcast, your weekly dose of fun and unique fantasy football talk with a focus on Dynasty. And now, here are your hosts, Trey Barrett, Will Greenwood, and Ryan Livergood. That's right. We are the Fantasy Joes. I am at Rota Librarian. He is at Fantasy Joe underscore Will. Will Greenwood coming to us from the Pillow Palace. I see several pillows in there. What's up, Will Greenwood? How are you? <laughs> oh, Ryan. Uh, one, I clearly can't see the little record button pop on. I'm a horrible co-host. But we're here tonight, and I'm ready to be here with you. Can I tell you, my biggest disappointment of the offseason so far is the Niners trading up to the third pick in the draft. This has been the most disappointing offseason narrative, or not even narrative, like uh, action that has happened because we have lost all narratives of any cornerback being traded to the Niners. <laughs> That's true, but but it's exciting, Will, at the same time. I mean, I, I was... I, so I was off that day. It was the last, you know, work day of my vacation and, you know, just, just drive my Carlos in the NFL, uh, you know, on, on Sirius XM radio. And they announced the, the trade. I was like, Oh my gosh. And I get in line for Portillo's and we lunch with the family. And then I'm sending you all these Vox messages. And then, you know, the dolphins turn around and they flip that, that pick that they had to move back up to number six. I'm like, well, you'll never believe it. There's another trade. And it was just, it's crazy, man. And it's, it's fun because it just, you know, another thing to talk about. Right. Um, and, and all these quarterbacks going early. Um, I, f- I feel very smart because I said in last week's show, all my risers are these QBs. And now it appears that we're probably going to have three go the first three picks. So it's, I'm, I'm pumped, man. I'm pumped. It's so much fun. It's probably the most locked in first three picks we've had with QBs, at least position wise that we've in, in a long time. Usually you have that like one edge rusher that's bumped up in that, that top three or somebody else. But I just am so, so sad, Ryan. So sad about that. Sam Darnold to the Niners. Sean Watson to the Niners. Derek Carr to the Niners. Nobody cares. It could be any, Andy Dalton to the Niners. Nick Foles to the Niners. It all sounds great. Those last couple were a stretch, but they're all gone. Kirk Cousins to the Niners. It could have happened. I, I know, but, but they're going to get it, an interesting quarterback. So, we figure Lawrence at one, um, Zach Wilson at two. But number three, w- what's your bet on who the 49ers are taking? I, I mean, all there's there all kinds of talk speculation. They're playing all games. Right. Yeah, so like force, force to put, let's say like a, a year's pay on the line. Like you just like have to choose. And this is what is somehow on the line for, for some arbitrary reason. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go. I'm going to go Justin Fields, and that's also my preferred choice, so that might be leaning into it, but I think that's what they're doing. And the, they went to the Mac Jones Pro Day. Uh, somehow Mac Jones made maybe like a couple misfires in his, his pro day. The, the pro day speculation I love and hate, by the way. I, I, I'll let you rebuttal first before I go back to what my future career is going to be, but I think they take Justin Fields. Yeah, I, I think – they probably take fields as well. Although I do think there's a chance they take land. So I, I think it's my, my prediction is 80%, no, probably 60% fields. Let's say 35% okay. lands. And then I'll, I'll say there's a small chance that they've lost their minds and go Mac Jones. Although I wanted to make that smaller because I, that's, that's one of the the things that's being teased by some people and the insiders, you know, like the, there's, there's, you know, some, some legitimate sources saying that they're going to take Mac Jones, but it just doesn't make a lot of sense at the end of the day that they do that. 
Awesome. And a lot of people have, have refuted that, you know, the people in the know, the, the, the smart people in the business have, have said, and I totally agree with them that the Niners are not taking Mac Jones. So I'd, I'd be shocked if they did that. I just don't think that they would take the risk of what they gave up. They give up two future first round picks for this pick. That's not what Mac Jones is in this draft. And no. that's not what anybody's drafting up to do. And I think that's a pretty solid counter argument to say that they would take Mac Jones. I think that is the, he's not that he's, he might be, Mac Jones might be fine. He might be fine, but he's, he's not the star. He doesn't have that buzz. He never had that buzz to be this type of person. You know, he's not a, he's not Joe Burrow from last year where he, you know, kind of moved up to that consensus number or that one one or that, that number one pick overall. So uh, Ryan, I, you know, I, I think Justin Fields is going to be uh, going to the Niners. Yeah. And it was a good week, you know, kind of, we're not going to talk too much about the QBs pro days. Cause I think you've probably heard, our listeners heard a lot about them, but if you didn't hear, even though Zach Wilson's pro day was overshadowed, he looked awesome. Justin Fields looked incredible today. Super fast um, dude, super athletic. So it's pretty exciting. You know, these, these, and even Mac Jones, who we've, you know, is definitely probably our, you know, QB five of this draft class, at least he is for me, you know, has had a pretty good pro day as well. So it's exciting with the quarterbacks. Well, it's, it's good stuff. And for super flex leagues in particular, man, uh, if you got a higher pick, you're going to have a choice of uh, some intriguing quarterbacks for sure. Yeah. If you want like Zach Wilson throwing to another top five overall pick Corey Davis, gonna be it's gonna be great for you to take them over whoever the Niners take I bet I would almost guarantee whoever the Niners takes is gonna be drafted over whoever the Jets take even I, if I it's not that. Zach oh, Wilson yeah. like even if you flip Zach Wilson to the Niners and Justin Fields with the Jets even though I like Justin Fields quite a bit more I would go Zach Wilson I just I, I, I like that situation better but Ryan this is also like I have one of my like personal I, I don't know like one of the torches I carry is I have a very loud clap and I'm also a very good cheer of uh, sporting events, anything. So my future career is, I think I can go on the road and I think I could be the loudest, you know, celebrator of any good pro day throw moving forward. Have you watched any of these pro day videos? There's a lot of clapping and cheering and I, they, but they haven't had that like alpha in the background. So anybody, any team out there, if you're listening, uh, Will Greenwood is the one of the loudest clappers and biggest cheers in the nation. And I can make any mundane play seem amazing. I promise. And that's what we need, right? Especially with COVID and they're limiting the people that can attend these events, but there's room for one loud clapper. No, if I was at, if I was at Kyle Trask's pro day, he'd be a top five pick. That's why it gets it done at the end of the day. The, the, the audio on these, on these, you know, Twitter pro day clips that we're, we're looking at. Right. Yeah, I mean, um, that's what you need. I mean, oh, hold on. I was talking about something else, but wait on, Tom. We got to get in these claps and cheers. And I'm not going to clap because it's too loud for a podcast. You don't want that ringing through your no, ears no, in no, your day at work. Want. My wife doesn't want me to wake her up because it, this is 1 a.m. I don't know if you guys know, we're dedicated here at the Fantasy Joes. Uh, <laughs> and I, honestly, the neighbor car alarms would go off. So, this uh, but this this pro day bonanza has been very fun to me overall. And one place they didn't need a loud clapper because they, I think I think people were just their jaws were on the ground after they saw Jamar Chase. Well, and I, and I shared it with you before the show. So this just happened today. We record the show on Wednesday nights for people that don't know. 
the, the guy is a beast, man. We, we knew it. We knew how good he was, but you know, not only did he put up the numbers in college, but you know, he, he dominated his pro day posted a 4.38 40 yard dash. Um, he, his vertical leap hit 41 inches and his broad jump was 11 feet for reference. According to the athletic NFL stars, Julio Jones and Devontae Adams were below 41 inches in the vertical and Calvin Johnson was 42.5. Calvin Johnson um, should be considered that dude was a freak. Yeah. But the, the tweet of the day was from uh, Paul or tweet of the week for the, for the podcast uh, at Paul Denner Jr. Going back through the NFL combine record since 2000, Number of participants, any position, checking all these minimum boxes. Height, 5'11". Weight, 195. 40 time, 4.40. Bench, 20. Broad, 11 feet. Vert, 40. DK Metcalf. And now, Jamar Chase. That's the list. How many bench press reps does Jamar Chase do? uh, Let me see if I've got it in front of me. Uh, 64. 64 bench press reps. I'm only guessing. uh, he, he didn't bench press at the pro day, but he did 23 reps of 225 pounds at another combine with the training company Exos. Oh, Exos. I, I, eh. 3.98 second, 20 yard shuttle. Also huge winner of the day. So anyway, it that three it, cone. Where's that three cone? Where's the, I don't, I don't know if I've got a three cone for him. Honestly. I don't think we have a three cone. You know what a great three cone? Um, Trey Sermon. Trey Sermon has, I think, a, like a 6.83 three cone, which is pretty great. You got running backs are around 6.8, even if they're not the fastest guys, usually do pretty good in the NFL. Yeah, um, like Davin Cook did like a 7.22 or something, and it really, everybody was off Davin Cook for some reason. But Ryan, this, this LSU Pro Day, uh, I, I'm pretty sure that, that Ed Ogeron got out there, and I'm, I'm not, it's unofficial, it's unofficial, but he ran a 4.41. <laughs> In, in Crocs. <laughs> yeah, that's that's very possible. Because Terrence Marshall I, also ran a 4.38, which I all I think is underrated in the like subtext of that pro day. Yeah, well, it's getting overshadowed with what Chase did, right? It's I the mean, same 40. Yeah. Although I, I'm probably less impressed with the speed. I think we one of the things we, we realize for the most part that when you're looking at these you know, these, um, these numbers from pro days of the combine, whatever with wide receivers, you know, yeah, you don't want a guy running like a, a 4.9 or something, but you know, they don't, they don't have to run a four or five or, or, or four, four, you know, for, to be successful. We want our running backs to be fast, but I'm less concerned with wide receiver, but I mean, talk about the, it's great you know, when you have everything though, with yeah, it's, you have production and athleticism. You're, 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 you're checking the boxes that just make us well, rule. Yeah, the lower body explosiveness. What if he gets drafted to the Niners? <laughs> oh, they took they took him at three. That <laughs> yeah. would be that would be awesome. That would that would make for a fun drafter party because that would be a real fun conversation. Um, but you know, now a lot of speculation is that he goes to Cincinnati, gets reunited with Joe Burrow. So that could that could happen. I, can, I just can't think like if all these if, so if Atlanta trades out, there's another quarterback taken. If the, if the Bengals do not take Panay Sewell, I just don't think it matters, Ryan. Joe Burrow's going to get hurt again. He was getting mangled yeah. up before his knee actually got all torn up. Yeah. That, but, that poor man was taking such a beating. That, that was just awful to watch. They they draft at the top of the second round, though, and, and they could probably get some um, – You're not going to get – like, you can see what 
big of a difference maker this man could be. Maybe unless unless they don't buy into it that he is that big of a difference maker. I mean, I don't know the uh, Tampa Buccaneers draft uh, from the best college uh, in the entire universe. They draft a first round offensive lineman in Tristan Wirfs from the University of Iowa, and they win a Super Bowl. I don't know why you wouldn't follow that template. Yeah, or maybe they. You know, what if what if they? Uh, who knows what could happen? I, I don't see Cincinnati as a type of team. They usually don't trade back or or get too creative in the it's draft, like, you know, but yeah. I think they'll probably stick and pick. Um, but, but yeah, they could take Kyle Pitts too. I mean, I don't uh, for Burrow. I, I, I'm, yeah. I'm with you. I think, I think it makes sense for them to take Sewell because they need the offensive line help. They've got a quarterback. They've got good wide receivers already with T Higgins with Tyler Boyd. It's not necessarily a huge need of theirs. Um, or know. this is just like a dynasty startup. This is a trade back situation, right? Yeah. Like get those, you like, look at what the Niners gave up to move to three and then what the dolphins gave up to move from 12 back to six this is if this is not the most pristine example of how trading back can work well for you as a dynasty league team compared to the nfl do you, do you feel that I, i'm sorry yeah. i, inter- I interrupted no, you a little bit no then, absolutely like, no and, and you're right like i think what um what the eagles have, have done here too with you know they're yeah um, going back to 12 and now, assuming that Carson Wentz doesn't totally poop the bed this year, they got three first round picks going into next year. So they oh, get wait, Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts. No, no, they traded Wentz, and so they get the first round pick for. Oh Wentz yeah, yeah, yeah. Well. sorry, sorry, sorry. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, I'm sorry. I should have. put some no, I get. I, that was me not following that well enough. Yeah. No, so they get a chance to give Jalen Hurts, to, you know, a year to see what he can do, and and why he, wouldn't you? Yeah. Why wouldn't you? And if he sucks, well, guess what? You got three first round picks next year. And if he sucks, you'll probably have a high pick yourself. And these other picks, it's just, it's really smart. I mean, that's, that's a, you know, the, the, the Eagles are a smart franchise. The, the dolphins are smart. Um, dolphins are, well, they, I felt like they were playing chess until they moved back up to six from 12 and gave up another pick. I just don't get that. And I could be completely well, wrong if they get Jamar chase and that's where they take him, And he ends up being this immaculate star. But again, like why, why the way the NFL is changing that alpha wide receiver isn't as important as it used to be. Well, what what if what if it's it's Pitts or what if it's or what if it's Sewell? Sewell? Yeah, if it was Sewell, I'd be all, I honestly think Ryan, I, any of my favorite teams that I'd be rooting for, I want them to take Panay Sewell. Like that's that's all I, that's all I'd want is just take the take this like freak of a man in in the in the first round as early as you possibly can without leveraging everything because sewell chase pitts one of those guys will will be there at six and if for whatever reason a, a quarterback you know trey lance is still on the board or, or or something like that or someone wants to come out and get mac jones then the dolphins can turn back again and get more you know so they're they're in a real nice spot at where they're at, yeah honestly. i almost yeah that's like a, a comfort move back up and then giving back basically they trade they got an extra first round pick for moving to three to six which yeah. is a, gr- a great move uh but I, I i don't know ryan i didn't read it where that that other first round pick that they gave up to move back up to three because the niners traded them a 2022 and a 2023 first correct like yeah. which one of those years they gave up to move back up to, to i think it's the niners six. 2022 okay so I yeah, so, about that though so they they obviously have somebody still in mind and they were worried that somebody else was going to take that player so now they're they're insuring it, and then they have that other that other pick in the future. But uh, yeah, I just uh, I, I this is this is one of the most fun offseason pre draft processes because I don't think we've had big trades like this like pre draft night, and it makes it so much fun for fantasy because 
you're going to have quarterbacks going and then you're going to have these wide receivers going. And the, the latest like PFF map doesn't have a running back going in the first two rounds, which I'd be shocked. Um, or what, sorry, one of the latest PFF mocks, but uh, we're going to have some great, great content coming out of this year, at least at, after night and day one in the draft, it's going to be very fun because there's going to be wide receivers and there's going to be quarterbacks going at least one tight end, probably only one tight end and potentially one one plus running backs. Yeah, no, I mean, it's, it's so great. I, I mean, the draft's going to be fun. The skill positions that are going to go off the board early. So Kyle Pitts, can we talk about Kyle Pitts for a second? Um, a couple who's of tweets. He's, he's, <laughs> who's that? <laughs> he's not a quarterback. New phone, who dis? He has a longer, this is at PFF. Kyle Pitts has a longer wingspan than any wide receiver or tight end in, in the NFL. 83 and three eighths inches in the last 20 know. years. Is that, is that in the last translatable? But like, is wingspan relevant? I just don't know. I think it, I think it is. Um, you're you're joking, right? You're joking. Well, like, no, okay. Finish this and then I'll, I'll, I'll dive into my retort. Okay. So long, longer wingspan than any wide receiver tight end in the NFL in the last 20 years, breaking DK Metcalf's record. There's DK Metcalf again. And he just posted an unofficial 4.4440. And he guys six six two forty five. I mean, that's, that's fast for tight end. Especially one that's six six and two forty four point four four forty. I mean, yeah, Kyle Pitts. Evan is, Ingram two point Kyle Pitts. No, he's better. Than, he's not going to drop the ball like Evan Ingram. He, he Kyle, Pitts, <laughs> Kyle Pitts is really really good. And man, it's going to be tough for me. Will what like, if he goes to the Niners? <laughs> oh, that is not happening. But that, but that would be fun. They they've lost their minds. Um. Anyway, I I I think it's it's just fun with these guys with with the super flex league at the top of the board with the quarterbacks with the tight end with uh you know with pits with which i think chase for me um i i'm big on waddle but but chase is is definitely my wide receiver one in this class after after today. so so ryan i think Pitts he was probably for, there before Pitts for right. me has moved up to my second wide receiver kind of like yeah. ranking that's, i think me too that's i think i'll take chase over him because i do think jamar chase is special like legitimately There's special no doubt he's special and, man. yeah and it, it like unique and just that that kind of player that that is going to make your like your basically your dynasty team's value rise overall where you get him and Pitts is that it, it's i get that it's the tight end landscape but you can't put Pitts in with the rest of the tight end group like saying like oh like oh the top 12 tight ends average as many points you know per per week and over the year that's not who kyle Pitts is and it's not how he'll be utilizing the nfl I think whatsoever, in my opinion. And so that's why I, that's why he's, he's, he's grown up. He's grown on me quite a bit. And he's there where I, I think honestly, and we will get into this a little bit later, but I think Pitts might've moved ahead of Javante Williams for me. And, and especially a tight end premium format, because yeah. you, even at the onesie position, if you have an advantage, that onesie position, it matters a lot. Having a, like a, Travis Kelsey is an out, like an outlier as far as like fantasy points put up, but even having a reliable tight end four overall, uh, that 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 player to plug in week in and week out is worth more to me than having that wide receiver fifteen overall that you can plug in week over week because it's that points advantage you get. Like you can find that other wide receiver. You can maybe play. It's easier to play wide receiver matchups than it is to play tight end matchups for the for the most part in a deep dynasty league roster. And you know maybe I'm maybe I'm wrong there, but I I'm oh, really really intrigued by Pitts and I'm almost going counter. Like I feel like Ryan, you agree with me that we're going counterculture here on saying that. I, I, I'm, I'm really high on pits. And after the, 
North Carolina Pro Day, which honestly, those North Carolina running backs should have run at LSU's Pro Day, that they would have gotten much better times. <laughs> Probably. No, so, I, but I, it's a, yeah. I, I know you don't want to draft tight ends early and they take a while to develop. And that's kind of the, the narrative. That, that's specialism. But yeah, but, and I always talk about, I don't like to bet on outliers, but in this case, if you want to call him an outlier, I think I'm going to be betting on him this year. Well, he's he's an outlier in the sense that he's just different than the, your normal tight end. Once he's not George Kittle, George Kittle laughs as he blocks somebody into the end zone. Kyle Pitts isn't laughing when he's blocking the end, somebody in the end zone. He's laughing while he's snagging that touchdown catch, which is worth so much more fantasy, so many more fantasy points. Yeah, yeah. I I don't know if landing spot matters because I mean, yeah, because like like Dow Loggins is out of the league, so we don't need to worry about whatever <laughs> offense he's running. Adam Gase isn't there. Yeah. You know, there's there's very few old school offensive coordinators. Like I don't, I wouldn't like it if somehow the Broncos drafted Kyle Pitts. That's not a fun landing spot. The Bears drafting Kyle Pitts, I don't love that either. Uh, the Vikings drafting Kyle Pitts, I don't really love that either. But I, I actually would kind of like that. I'd love the Bears right. to Kyle Pitts if he's still there at twenty. That'd be great. But um, that's not gonna happen. No, they trade up uh, all like four future first rounders. <laughs> but uh, I I just think that he is so good that he's going to be the split out. He's like the, he's like the super pumped up a plus plus version of, Oh, what's his name in Miami? Or am I, uh, Mike Kiseki? Yeah. Like he's like a better, better route runner, better receiver overall, and a better asset to an offense than what Mike Kiseki is. Like Mike Kiseki isn't an inline blocker. It is a split out tight end, but he's not, he's like, yeah, the C minus version of Kyle Pitts. It's you, you, Kyle, Kyle Pitts is a, is a fantasy just, it's, it's, it's going to be a fantasy points house that you yeah. want at tight end. And, and you know, pro- he probably goes to Atlanta, Cincinnati, or Miami. We just don't know, but I'd be happy with any of those landing spots, honestly. Um, but, uh, yeah, that'd be great. So, um, do we want to talk about those North Carolina running backs that you mentioned? Yeah, because it's sad. We need to have a post mortem about how slow they are. Yeah, because we've been talking about the exciting things from pro days, but, um, you know, you, you got, Devonta Williams, and then you've got Michael Carter. It's Michael Carter, right? Yeah. A guy that some, some people have been putting out there as like their number three running back in this class, which I think is a little rich, but probably not happening any longer because Williams' unofficial 40 time from UNC's pro day was a 4.58, and Carter's was a 4.55. I think with Carter in particular, who was an undersized guy already, the fact that, you know, he, and you got to add, you know, what, what his commission was, I'm at 0.06 to these times. Um, you know, it's, I, I don't think that's, that's true. Well, I just think it's going to move down his draft capital. That's what I think is what sucks for Carter. He could be like, he's still a good player, but if you move down your draft capital, now you're moving down opportunity. So Ryan, for Javante Williams, it does it to me, it moves him down a half bag because one of his better or one of his uh, not better, but I, what I feel like is a good like comp for him Uh why am I? Why, dang it! I'm doing this again. Uh, Nick Chubb and Cream Hunt. Cream Hunt. Uh, yeah. Cream Hunt ran a four six three at the combine, and Cream yeah. Hunt and Javante Williams have a lot of like similarities between the two. Uh, and Javante Williams was, was at a better school, better you know division and conference level competition. And so I don't think that his forty like rules him out of being a really really great running back. For me though, it just is like let's boost up. I'm just boosting up Kyle Pitts ahead of him slightly. Uh, if you are super running back needy. Maybe, maybe you can take Toronto Williams or maybe that Toronto Williams now falls to you in that rookie draft order, but I, I just am not as excited. I wanted, I thought he was going to be better. 
Yeah. Um, and it's a pro day. It's a pro day 40. And so that's why I say like that four, six, three type of thing with cream hunt. And I, but it's still, yeah, I still keep him high. Like he's not moving. I'm still, I, I think, I don't know if I'm going to bump the other wide receivers uh, besides like Jamar chase above him. I, I still want that. Assuming that he gets, I want him to get round two draft capital. If he gets that, we're solid, right? He might actually even move back ahead of Kyle Pitts if he gets round two draft capital. If he gets round three, I might take Pitts ahead of him. That's, that's kind of where I land. Yeah, and and that's the thing with with um, with with this. That's what's missing from the equation is is what what do the NFL teams think of, of the these pro day results? You know, like yeah, I'm with you. If if Williams and Carter, you know, are day two running backs going the second round, something like that, then all of a sudden. I'm, I'm much more interested. And w- one thing about um, Michael Carter that we, that shouldn't get lost is that, you know, good short shuttle um, 3.98. And then his three cone drill was, was really good. Oops. There's uh that's bad for the podcast. Um, no, that's the three cone drill happening in the background. Is that what it is here? Let me, let me mute this while I get the shut off. <laughs> you got it. Well, Will, we're doing a podcast. You got to keep. You got to talk while I'm trying to find the mute button. Oh, sorry. I thought. I thought. You're, I just, <laughs> our our only slip is is, is a podcast. Ever. Oh, only time we've ever slipped up. Uh, anyway, so, um, so I, so that's like, so that's that's good. That 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 I mean that that that. I'm sorry, I'll, I'll cut you off. Go ahead. No, I was just re- I was ready to filibuster, and then I had to breathe. <laughs> Maybe what if Michael Carter though goes to the Niners in round four? It would be somewhat intriguing, wouldn't it? Because they they can turn I, um, anybody to anything. Yeah, um, I gotta I gotta think Carter slips out of the first the top. Like this is again like it's that draft capital piece. Like an NFL team needs to see something with Javante Williams and Michael Carter, and uh, ahead of uh, you know Chuba Hubbard and ahead of Kenny Gainwell, to where I need to see more investment from an NFL team now. And I hate relying on that, but I think that it's more risky now than it was a week ago. Yeah, well, well said. Um, like the dynasty nerds, a lot of those guys have Javon, or two of them have Javante Williams as their number one or two running back, like oscillating overall. And I, I don't, I don't hate that. I don't even really mind that. I think that he, Javante Williams, could be the best running back out of this class. Like if he becomes the best running back out of this class, uh, I will be like pleasantly surprised, but not that surprised overall because he's the only one coming out in, in this like let's just say big like it's a group of three. That's an underclassman who's going to turn 21 when he enters the NFL. The only other thing, though, is that uh, Travis Etienne has several years of production. I actually think Etienne's my RB1 now in this class. He's kind of that riser above Najee Harris. And I, I just don't – yeah. I just wish he – I just wish he could have run, like, just somebody somebody click the click the stopwatch at 4-5 four, four, instead of 4-5-8. Just let it be – so it'd be like a four five five and not a four six. I, at four six, just it's hard to get excited about four six, and that's what that's the only thing I think that sucks about it. I and maybe he'll become a value now. Yeah, the the running backs are the what I'm going to struggle with with this rookie class, honestly, because I, I think when we look at um, you know where 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 we are with dynasty, we just know that running backs are are, are just so valuable. At the end of the day, you got to have some set of running backs on your team. And, you know, this is a class that, you know, at, at the end of the day, you know, we'll, we'll see what the top, how the top guys do, but it's, it's just not a deep running back class. It just, it just is appearing that it's not so deep and uh, there aren't going to be too, too many running backs with, with a lot of high draft capital attached to them. So 
are we going to, are we going to reach for these guys? Are we going to take some of these running backs over, you know, potentially these stud wide receivers because we're just so programmed to going after the running backs. So that's, I'm just trying to be careful. And I, I am really kind of tilting about where I rank some of these running backs, especially when you're seeing some of the performances that the, yeah, how, potentially how good this quarterback class could be potentially how, you know, how good some of these wide receivers could be a guy like Pitts. So it's going to be tough for me. I, I don't know. Maybe the running backs are sliding down the board. Um, My biggest and, target right out of all this. Oh, sorry. No, go ahead. Uh, is if I'm with that 104, let's say sing, just quickly single quarterback, I'm just going to go positional players. 104, not like non quarterbacks. Uh, obviously after that whole monologue, <laughs> Let's say it goes, you know, Najee and Etienne one and two, Jamar Chase three. If I'm at that four, I'm trying so hard to sell that four pick for Clyde Edwards Hilaire. Oh, and I think you probably get that done. Uh, yeah. a, lot of, a lot of leagues. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, yeah. It, it, it'll, yeah. One, one QB leagues will be again, not a great 40 time from Edwards Hilaire, but I, I want that. I want that locked in first round draft capital with the Chiefs. Yeah. What, what, what was his, um, you know, guys that don't have good 40 times, I always like to look at their, their three cone and their short shuttles and stuff like that. Um, and it, it, that's one of the things with those North Carolina guys. Uh, Cause I, I looked up Williams. What, what was his three cone? He was a 6.93. So, you know, benched uh, 22 times. So, you know, his, I, I think one of the things that got, got lost with their pro days is that their other numbers are actually pretty decent. Um, it's just, they weren't, so fast so maybe that's getting overblown you know but i think that's why you don't you don't bump them down hard it just it's it's just not fun they just made it not fun on the 40 time that's the only knock and that's why it's going like kyle pitts like slightly above that because i think kyle pitts again i'm getting more of this like special he's that that special type of player at a, a single position in a dynasty league and i know we want to degrade that but i think in dynasty you can't stream there's no streaming tight ends in a dynasty league so that that elevation like the evan ingram's rookie year if you took evan ingram early in that rookie draft you benefited heavily from that and i think you could benefit heavily from that from kyle pitts and moving forward that next rookie draft if you need to make a trade and move up to get the next running back coming in that Brees hall from iowa state if you can get by with maybe trading a pick for like melvin gordon or or not picks or like players like later on for like Melvin Gordon for a team that's not competing. Like you might be able to get something better at running back versus it's super hard to get a tight end because most people who have the best tight ends are competing teams. They're not looking to move them. That's where I come from. And I want to compete every year. And there's, there's only a few dynasty league teams that I'm, I'm rebuilding. Uh, and so that, that I guess, I guess that's where I come from. And as important as running backs are, um, you know, it's, it's easy to find, you know, replacement level, I'm not it's easier to find replacement level production, even in a pretty deep dynasty league, you know, whether it's a, a trade or picking up a, you know, guys that you can plug in certain weeks, like a, like a backup 49ers running back, you know, <laughs> that's oh, might be on your wire. Oh, Ryan. but, but you're, you're right. Yeah. I, I mean, when you think about it, I mean, there, or, or if, if you build your dynasty teams, like I build a lot of mine, you've, you've got a lot of backup running backs on your bench. So someone goes down and you plug in that backup that gets you some decent numbers or is the tight end position, yeah, good luck. If you don't have one of the top guys, you, you really can't stream. T- I guess you can stream a tight end, but you're it's like a dart throw, right? It's like you just hope that guy, you know, catches a touchdown pass randomly. It's it's so hard with a tight end position. And, and you're right, they're hard to acquire. Yeah, and then on tight end too, being kind of extent of their value. Like in a two tight end league, I picked up Darren Waller off the off the waiver wire the year he broke out. 
And I said, Darren Wall available for any first. And I got a first. And that person got a freaking bargain. And that was a horrible move by me. But at the time, I felt like he was super savvy because I wasn't competing. It's too tight end. Like, give me the first. And I think, too, what, you know, one of the worries about Waller, well, number one, you know, can he repeat? Because you you want to see it more than one year a lot of times. And then number two, they added a lot of weapons that offense. And I think, you know, a lot of what some of the thinking was, okay, he's going to lose some targets. I, I thought that. And he went up in targets. He went from 117 targets really good, Ryan. I think to 145 targets. Yeah. <laughs> so what are you going to do? I, th- right. I think Darren Waller uh, just might be really good. That's, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's what we can take away from that. And, and congrats to him. So that, but that's also to relate that back to Kyle Pitts is you have this again, athletic freak coming into this, who's also just a great pass catcher. And isn't that, like Mike Gesicki was an athletic freak, but we didn't know he was a great pass catcher. He made some really great highlight catches this year, but week in, week out, he got you zeros. And it was it was a horrible ride with Mike Gesicki. And I don't think that's going to be the way with Kyle Pitts. And I'm willing to bet on that. I'm willing to put money on the table for that with my Dynasty League drafts. Yeah. It is, would you consider, okay, that scenario you have, you can't, let's say you can't get out of the 104. Is Pitts under consideration that high? Is that crazy in a 1QB league? Uh, one QB, like not like, let's cause usually one QB aren't tight in premium. I'm probably just taking Javante Williams and calling it a day. But if it's, if it's tight in premium. Yeah. I'm probably going no Kyle doubt. Pitts. I think that you have a better chance of him accruing more value in year one than Javante Williams. And I love, and I almost hate saying that, but I think if I'm absolutely forced to stick and pick, I'm going to take Pitts. And I, I'm tight end at four. That's so tough, but it's, he's not a tight end. He's a wide receiver in tight end positional classification. And that's what you want. Yeah. That's what nope. I want. Give me, it, it, they're saying like the average, like tight end one through 12 PPR fantasy production week over week was Jarvis Landry. Yeah. Give me Jarvis Landry's fantasy production week over week in my tight end slot at the pick 104. I'm okay with that. I'm really okay with that. Yeah. I, I think I'm probably okay in that scenario picking Pitts over uh, John Lance Williams. I'm going to have a shower cry before I make that pick yeah. because I wasn't able to get out of it. But, uh, uh, you know, although I'm, I am, you know, in a league like that, you know, Jalen Waddle is, is, is kind of interesting to me too. Still, I still am very intrigued with him. I still think he could be great. And Devonta Williams, Smith, Williams, all those guys, I, it's again, like, that's why I would love to move back three spots, but it's probably not going to happen if you're stuck there at this point and nothing else happens before the draft, especially with landing spots, if, like landing spots get all kind of weirded up. <laughs> uh, yeah. You know, like if Javante Williams, uh, lands in, in a, a subprime situation you know i think that that he ended up being at like the falcons in round two which would be a, a, a prime situation and that that that's the kind of thing that would make him move up but at this we're talking like agnostic like this point in time like rookie values and so that's i guess that's where i land yeah and and it's i didn't, and it's, I didn't think i was going to be here a week ago two weeks ago and, and you probably won't be here in a couple of weeks because things will change right yeah, I mean, I like Trey Lance now. Last week, I just hated on Trey Lance <laughs> and his hand size and his inability, Ryan. And and at this point in time, he's one of my risers listening to, uh, like, all his traits and what he has. And I honestly, listen to the football guys when they talk about Trey Lance and how he uses his running as a weapon and not a fallback. That's one of the biggest things. And it's something I hadn't heard yet. And, and uh, you know, like, I, I watch a little bit on these guys. I don't watch enough to be responsible for being a film guy or anything like that but him using it as a weapon versus a fallback is important. And yeah, maybe he takes a year to ramp up to the NFL speed 
And that's why I, I was saying, it was, I was texting my little brother, like, I would be fine if the Vikings straight up and took Trey Lance. This is like that perfect scenario where he, he can learn under Kirk Cousins, the consummate lunch pail, sneaky athletic, coach's kid, Kirk Cousins, and, and then have him move into that. That, that would be a great, a great situation for them uh, to have that moving forward under that rookie contract because they're paying Kirk Cousins a, a ton of money for losing playoff games. And uh, I think his upside could be worth it. At least take a risk. At least take a shot. You know, you yeah. want that. Trey Lance, to me, at this point in time, Ryan, is worth the shot. He was the faller before, riser now. But I just think now the riser point comes to me. Like, is, I'm at the point where I think whatever team takes them, I'm happy for them is where I end up. Yeah, he's worth the chance. I, I don't think the Vikings are going to have a chance unless they really give up a lot to move up from 14 to get him. But but we'll see. Because I there are, as we, we we talked about on the Patreon show, a little tease, patreon.com slash fantasy shows. You want to check us out there? Um, there are a lot of teams ahead of them that we think need quarterbacks like Carolina and Denver and, you know, so on and so forth. So yeah, there's a lot of weird quarterback situations coming into the season. where like, yeah, t- like the Falcons, are they going to take their quarterback in the future? Are they like Matt Ryan? I think is locked in there for at least two more years. Yeah, I think so. With his restructuring. So who, who really knows in this draft when we didn't have a combine, you know, we at least got March madness and we don't have anything. We've been starving for this information it's going to be fun at worst. Yeah, at worst. I'm trying to think if there's any other pro day news that happened this week that we we should mention. I, I think we we hit the highlights. Um, Kenny Gainwell is still a big riser. I, I'm. I think Kenny Gainwell's locked himself into day two draft capital. What you you think so? Why what what's uh, what what's your what's your thought process behind that? Well, comes in at 201 at his pro day and runs, what was it, a 4-4, 4-4-2 at his pro day, you know, adjusting it a little bit. So mm-hmm. I think that's huge. Puts up 21 bench press reps. He's had no fumbles in his college career. I think Kenny Gainwell is a, uh, after sitting out, and he has the, like, he has every excuse. He lost two, I think it was two family members to COVID. So him sitting out is, a, a like, no NFL team will take that as a knock on him, in my opinion, besides potentially the Washington football team because they're owned by Dan Schneider, who's a horrible human being. Uh, they, <laughs> <laughs> Kenny Gainwell, I think he's going to get day two draft capital, and I, I, I think he's going to be that like running back four in your draft that is going to be like him and Chuba Hubbard. I think Chuba Hubbard at his pro day has a chance to wow. And both those guys, I still think we shouldn't discount too far. Yeah, I don't know about about Chuba Chuba Hubbard, um, but but Gainwell is interesting because of his, you know, pa- pass catching ability in particular. Um, and, would, and I yeah. go ahead. What were we gonna say? No, no, sorry. No, I, and I think one of the like like th- there could be like a landing spot. Like say he goes to like Tampa Bay, for example. You know, because they they kind of need a in my you know summation a, a pass catching running back a reliable one. You know, that would that would be pretty interesting to me. So I, I do think there are some some spots and situations where he could um, he he could he could gain some value. I I, I just I don't know. I, I the thing I worry about him. I, I do, do think it's interesting because I think he's going to be a good weapon. But I, I it, it, and I guess this isn't really a fair knock because so many running backs are part of a backfield. They share a backfield. I just I just don't know if he's going to be like the main guy in a backfield. I think he's going to be a, a interesting NFL player and a solid pro. I just, I just don't know about like how much upside he has for dynasty. But. All the upside Ryan. all the upside. He was chasing, yeah. uh, he, he was, uh, chasing Antonio Gibson out from that backfield for, for rushes. 
when before this season. So, yeah, I, I mean, it's it, it's possible. I, I mean, he's he's an intriguing name and somebody to watch. And obviously, it, it, he's one of those guys like some of these running backs. It's you know all about draft capital, right? Like if he's taken like mid second round or something, then it's he's very interesting all of a sudden, right? But we'll see. With, we'll see what the NFL thinks. So. Oh, just oozing with upside. If he goes to the Niners, Ryan, even in the fourth round. <laughs> that would be great. I just, I, well, we don't know what to do because fourth round draft capital does not speak well. Like, that's one thing I think we've learned over the years too is like fourth round draft capital is, you're, when you pay up for fourth round draft capital, it's a losing proposition. You're better off taking the Flyers in the undrafted free agents like James Robinson, you know, that, that yeah, I know, I know he's a super outlier, but anytime you banked on an Anthony McFarlane or uh, Josh Joshua Kelly instead of taking James Robinson, we just missed that. We missed that upside. And it just it just doesn't happen very often, right? I mean, it just it just doesn't happen very often. So um, I guess it's possible, but yeah, you get you get into the the day three running backs in particular, and like fourth round, fifth round picks. It's it's not it's pretty it's pretty ugly out there. Um. Well, I think I think we're getting close to the two minute warning. What are what are some other thoughts that you have about what's going on in the NFL? All right, David Montgomery's value in rookie picks. So I got into this discussion on an FF, FFPC league where I was trying to trade my 2022 first for David Montgomery in a running back needy team, and the person kept telling me that David Montgomery was a top ten running back in Dynasty, and I I had like I had I I was like I can't pull out my hair like he I, he's just I, he's not to me. And so I'm willing to give you my no. 22, 22 first, you know, it's a, I know it's a year out, but I'm willing to do this because that first could be super valuable because if he gets hurt on my running back DD team, that first can be very boosted. I might make other moves, other things like that, but I trying to have that kind of conversation back and forth. And I know we talk about David Montgomery a lot because, you know, he went to Iowa state. You love him. He's in Iowa. You love I do, him. I, and he ran a slow 42, Ryan. He's yes. like, he's like, he's like the best version of Javonta Williams. Right. Uh, but anyway, my, yeah, my, I mean, I should, I should, I mean, I'm, you know, some of them are but, uh, I be more excited about them, but I just, eh. well, I'll, but, we'll, but we'll I was like, I was like a top 10 dynasty running back. I was like, there's no, no way there's no just, way. there's, I'm not, I'm, I, I just told him, I said, we're not going to see eye to eye in value. And I'm okay with that. Like, like a great chat. Like at least, at least he told me where he valued him so that I could know to like back off right away. And because the top 10 is littered with, with much better. Like I would take so many, like so many running backs ahead of him right but not, yeah. not not all of them i mean i would I, like i would again how, my how 2020 many? my year out first ryan i'll pay for david montgomery if somebody wants to offer that to me and i need a running back i'll take that i like that because i still think he's good and can have some good production on the bears next year yeah i, I mean for for me he he is uh as a sell um I, and, and and i don't and i agree well, but i think that's the great like balancing selling point but I mean, everything, everything for the right price, right? Obviously, if, if somebody's valuing him as a top 10 dynasty running back, then forget it. You know, you're not going to be able to acquire him. Um, and, and I guess, you know, for him, you know, going into the third year and with, with Bill Lazor, it seems like it's going to be Bill Lazor's offense, especially since they've got Andy Dalton now, unless the Bears do something like QB, which I, I don't Bill Lazor did some great things with Andy Dalton in Cincinnati. Yeah. Well, well, one of the nice things about Bill Lazor, which you saw towards the end of the year is that's when David Montgomery produced when, when he basically was calling the play. So that bodes well for David Montgomery. What doesn't bode well for him is the fact that Tree Cohen's coming back and the fact that they added 
um, some help with the backfield. Oh, they added a 30-year-old, 35-year-old Damian Williams. Nobody cares. Yeah, but all he's done is have the opportunity is, is – and I, I know you're like, well, he was with the Kansas City Chiefs. Of course, he produced well. Uh, it's not like um, you know he didn't have some, some moments when he was with the Miami Dolphins. Um, uh, so I, I don't know. I, I just Even if you want to throw Damian Williams out the window – Treat Cohen is going to take away um, some work from. Um, yeah, and the way the way the Montgomery and, and the and the and the matchups that the Bears had in the, the year where yeah. David Montgomery, you know, so like he's not going to have a schedule that's soft, you know. So it's I don't know. Everything I just, right sell. Yeah, everything everything does. Um, so, um, but I, but that being said, I think if you you can't move him or if you acquire him, I mean, I do think he will be you know, productive, a guy you can always start each week and he's going to give you some, some numbers, you know, I, I mean, you oh, know, I, I feel like, tank. I feel he's, I feel like, no, I feel he's pretty much <laughs> locked into RB2, which has a lot of value. You know, it's, it's not something that's worthless. Whereas I'd, I'd rather have a, a guy that's like a RB2 than a, you know, like wide receiver two, wide receiver three, something like that. Yeah. Like I, I, I would potentially take Javante Williams over David Montgomery just for the upside of his landing spot and what he could be, you know, like that's, that's kind of I see him as like that. That I don't know. He, he's below that. I'll, I'll rather take the risk and the upside rather than the Bears starting running back. Yeah, I, I, and and I, I I'm I'm plugging him into the dynasty trade calculators who speak because I I I don't even know what David Montgomery is worth. You know, I I just um, uh, yeah, I don't know. Um, but but not a top ten um <laughs> running back pick. Um. All right. Well, I'm trying to. Any other final thoughts before we get out of here? No, I'm just sad those trade talks ended in that way. As soon as I found that out, I was like, "This is worthless." Yeah, that's crazy, and it is interesting. But it just goes to show you that's why you have trade talks with people because you find out there's no way I'm going to get this deal done, and then sometimes you find out, oh wow, they're really undervaluing this player for whatever reason. So, um, yeah, it started out with an offer to me, and then a counter, and then a conversation, and then a disappointing end. Another offseason of, of a great time to buy Keenan Allen. <laughs> I don't know else what else you want. All right. Well, I, I guess I don't have any any final thoughts. I'll just say that, you know, we're, we're less than a month away from the NFL draft. So, um, you know, it, it, buckle up. And if you, if you want to get in on this rookie class, you know, it's it's it only gets harder and harder to get rookie picks as you push the draft so you know you may you may pay more than you now than you would a month ago but um but you know if you i think i get actually buy, people are getting bummed out about the rookie draft i think now is so. the cheaper time yeah absolutely interesting why I, I, why do you think that i think the wide like with the alabama wide receivers not testing uh jamar chase te- chase testing really well but like there's not a lot of hype like even rashad bateman being a riser I feel like in the general community, there's not a lot of hype around Bateman. I think you have the top in Superflex. You probably have the top eight picks are super valuable. Outside of that, you might be able to get some great values uh, in non-Superflex, the top four. And I think the the five through nine could be a great uh, mining place. You might you might get you might get some uh, some some you know some good value there. Might have to anyway, some feelers out. Um, yeah, and. and you know, I I do think though once we get past 
you know, March Madness and, you know, once baseball starts, because people get excited. Some people, not Will Greenwood, but some people get excited about that first week of Nobody baseball. Nobody cares about baseball, Ryan. You, you mentioned your fantasy baseball draft. Nobody cares. Well, that, I know I did, I did not mention that at all. I mentioned that to you in Voxer. I didn't mention it at all on the show. It's Let's the same show that you mentioned it. I'm in Ugh. one fantasy baseball yeah. league, which I won two years ago. Um, probably I'm <laughs> better at fantasy baseball than fantasy football, honestly. Um, but uh, anyway, um, oh gosh, I just lost my Ryan was really good at though whip category okay so we're gonna what do we have coming up in sports we've got the um, you know the final four which is exciting we've got you know the start of baseball you've got a uh, tradition unlike any other the masters right mm. which i hear about every time i watch a college basketball game when jim Nance is you know which i, I kind of hate the augusta golf course in this anyway <laughs> save that for the next patreon show <laughs> they're just their track record is, they don't look good in history Right. We shouldn't right. embrace them. Right. <laughs> I'm, I'm not, I'm not the big, I'm not the biggest golf fan. I'm not the biggest masters fans. I'm sorry, listeners, if you are, but anyway, I won, but, there, uh, but there's going to be, there's going to be more buzz as we close the draft. And I, I, you know, I, I think if people are not excited, they, they will get excited and, and they're going to get excited after the draft happens because we're going to have so many skill position players get drafted early. I mean, if, if, if the projections are first days are going to be good. Yeah. So I think people will get excited. So I, I still would advocate, you know, um, well, if, if you say that people are not that excited, then this is definitely the time to strike. Uh, my, the, I guess my, my leaving thought is my wife has become a UCLA fan uh, because they have a lot of guys with different styles. They were in their old school jerseys. UCLA looked really good playing basketball. And we watched when they played. Uh, it was the game before Michigan. I can't remember who they played, but she's invested now in rooting for UCLA. And there's not a happier moment. For, of course there's happier moments but it's a great happy moment for me when my wife watched watch sports with me and like she stayed up late last night ryan and we watched the ucla michigan game and nice. it was awesome and like it was i just I, I, yeah but it was just i mean i don't know when you score when the score is like 51 to 49 it's not that well, it's, fun cl- it's, cl- it's close but, though i mean i mean i mean it was like went down to the wire is what I but mean. the thing is like she doesn't care about sports but now she she's rooting for, for ucla i'm not a ucla fan out of nowhere they got rid of, they fired steve alford so that that gives them a great checkbox <laughs> in my book uh so this is a it made is made march madness so much more fun because like somebody in my life who i'm closest to is interested in a sport that i am interested in and we can watch it together and root for a team i'm all in like this is great so march madness has turned from a big flop when iowa lost to a big success now that uh we're ucla fans yeah that's that's cool um I have been enjoying the tournament despite the fact that, you know, my Illinois team got wiped out early, you know, but we, both of the fancy Joes in terms of basketball, wah, wah, it was, wah, wah. you know, and you can even throw in Trey's Florida Gators team, you know, that, that, that got upset. So um, it, it's, it's was disappointing from that respect, but, but it's been a, it's, it's just nice to have the tournament back and, and it's, there's been some, oh, some, so some fun nice. games, some, some, you know, nice Cinderella stories, and uh, I, the final four is kind of interesting. So, uh, you, you got any um, any predictions? Because uh, the 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 championship game will be established by the time this this podcast comes out. But you uh, this is a, the Zags year. This is the Zags year. I know that they play UCLA. Way, and rooting for them, but way to go out on a limb, Will. <laughs> I no, but I, I'm with it, you. I think the Zags are. Gonna the take Zags it. They're have so good. This and, and Mark so Mark Few seems like a great man. So yeah, don't don't go full Deshaun Watson on us, Mark Few. I mean, I think they are the best 
college basketball program right now that has not won a they're title, great at passing probably... shooting defense efficiency yeah. what, what what do you want well, they've just, they, I mean, they've, they've have just cr- cruised and you can maybe argue that they've got like the Vill- Villanova team when they cruised. Yeah. I mean, so should be fun. I'm, I'm, I think that um, assuming it's, it's, they, they play Baylor um, that, that would be a, would be a fun game, but I still think Gonzaga wins. So yeah, that's the matchup we want though. I do want Definitely. Gonzaga versus Baylor just for entertainment. Yeah. I think Houston could be, Houston's like a fun team, but I don't know. It can, I don't know. Houston barf. <laughs> <laughs> That's relevant. Yeah, I don't. Want, I don't want Houston to advance. I, I want the. I want Gonzaga, and I want Baylor. We'll see if we get it. So the Bears versus the Bulldogs. Anyway, now now I almost think I have to find the the March Madness theme and, and play us out with that if I can find it. So we'll see if see what I can come up with. So anyway, March, oh yeah, you know, dun 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 dun. You know that. Come on, if that's not stuck in your head this time of year. No, that's our sports center. <laughs> All right. If, if our listeners haven't left us already. <laughs> no, let's do a few more minutes of uh, let's Ryan. Let's sing some more theme songs. All right. Go. Dun, 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 dun. You know, it's okay. We better get out of here. Sorry, I was talking. I was talking over you. I was just whistling. I think the Globetrotters or the, the what's the old black and white show? Uh, let's sign. Let's sign off, and then we can we can do audio. No, we can get us off if they want. No, I think okay, we're uh, we end with a boom, everybody. We're, we're, we're the Fancy Joes. Find us on Twitter <laughs> at FF Joes, patreoncom slash Fancy Joes. If you want to support us that way, that would be great. He is at Fancy Zero underscore Will. I am at Red Librarian. On behalf of Will Greenwood, I am Ryan Livergood, and we are. The Fantasy Joes. Poop emoji. I don't know if you're singing like Mary Tyler Moore or the fuck. Is that bad? Okay, I'll do this. One shining moment. I always, I always like hype that up too. Like it's the best thing of the tournament. It's like, and now as we always end it, one shining moment. You know, my kid, my kid, boy or girl. Well, I'll put up a basketball hoop just so we can go up there and cut down the net a couple times (laughs) just for funsies.